Hey, welcome to the Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. You know, last week in Murray's message, he, um, we heard that Jesus had challenged Simon Peter, asking him three times, do you love me? And Peter replied each time, yes, Lord. And then Jesus said to him, feed my lambs, take care of my sheep, feed my sheep. And what Jesus was driving Murray to know was that this was what he was calling him to do, to build the church. How powerful is that? And, of course, Jesus finished with Peter saying, follow me. And Murray, of course, then encouraged us, as good pastors should, to each find out what our calling is. So today I wanted to share something that's part of every believer's calling with you. And it's contained in that that great commission that we saw so visually presented in the kids' talk. I can't compete with that, I don't think. When we see these words go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation, and whoever believes and is baptised will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned... And, then, and with these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they'll drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they'll get well. That sounds like a normal everyday experience for us, doesn't it? You know, you go to the church office. I interrupted Murray the other day and I don't think... I'm not sure that he was doing these things, but anyway... Um, they are the extraordinary things that tell us about God's power. God is the God of the impossible and sometimes we forget that when we're, when we're sharing our faith. We forget that that's who God is. That's the God we follow, an amazing God. But I want to move away from all of those images of, of strange things with snakes and poison and stuff and concentrate on those first two verses. Could, could we have the next slide, please? Thank you. Yes, I think there are two things in these first two verses. The first one is a command which says, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. And the second is the reason why you'd want to do it. Because we can find lots of reasons why we wouldn't like to do that. He said, whoever believes and is baptised will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Go into all the world and preach the good news. It means share the good news. But this is not an option. We'd like it to be an option. We'd like it to leave it to someone else to go and and share the good news. There's a lot of accomplished people like our pastor here, our other pastor up the back there in the prayer corner and our pastor away. We, We could leave it to them. We could leave it to the missionaries and leave it to the evangelists. But the actual command is to you and I, to each and every one of us. And we can't just defer it to. But we need to know, we need to know if we're going to follow him, we need to share the good news with people. We're called to go into the world. And this doesn't mean that we need to run down to the uh, local travel agent and buy an around-the-world ticket. I'm sure most of us may not be able to afford that, or I certainly can't afford that. (laughs) But that's what he's talking about. He's talking about your world. Each of us live in a unique world. 
a sphere of influence. The people in your world are not in anyone else's world. Some of them are, but you will have people you know that are not in anyone else's world. That's the way it is. We're called to go and share with those. That includes your family. It includes those you live with, your neighbourhood, your workplace, where you study, where you play sport, where you shop, where you relax, where you go to church. All of those places are part of your world. That's where you go down to the bus stop and collect, catch a bus or you catch a train. It's all of those places. They're all your world. And we're meant to share the good news. We are called to go into the world and share not everything in theological terms about what everything is. We're called to share what God has done in your life and what it means to you. And we can share that. All of us should be able to share that if we know Jesus. But how do we do this? That's the dilemma that I think we all think. How how am I going to share the good news with people? It's so difficult sometimes. Well, I I think of three different approaches that we use. Well, there's probably more, but that's what I could think of. The first one is a passive approach. You know what the passive approach is. We just keep living our lives normally, the way everybody else does, and we hope somehow that people will identify that we're a Christian, that we love Jesus. And the passive approach is is quite good because quite often people notice that. They notice the way we accept people, the way we love people, how generous we are with people, the way we're always trying to do things. All of those things help people to see Jesus in us. It's a passive approach, but it's only one approach that we can use. The other approach that we often do is a service type approach where we, we do things for people. We identify their needs And we help out. It can be as simple as providing a meal, as we've just heard, provide meals. That's one way that we share about Jesus. It might be taking people, giving people a lift or something, taking them shopping, taking them to a doctor's appointment. It might be mowing their lawns, minding their children. There are lots of different ways. You know, I have to say that I have never been in a church that has, as such as this, that has so many ways of helping people. You know, we do hands and feet on a Monday morning. We do the men's shed. Not that I've been to the men's shed, I haven't. But lots of things going on there. We have all these activities going on. We do meals for people. We do lots of things. We have men's and ladies groups. And we even invite a whole lot of strangers in while we're having church and tell them to play in an inflatable world. How amazing is that? Continue to pray for all those ministries. That's, That's an amazing thing. There's very, it's very important that we provide something, not just be passive. But the third way is, is the way we all, feel diffi- we all find difficult. Go into the world and preach the good news. Share the good news with people. I don't know how easy you find it to share your faith. Do you find it easy? You know, you just love telling people about Jesus. Well, it's lovely in here, (laughs) but out there, even in an inflatable world, that may not be so easy. That's the reality of it. There are so many challenges that make us feel uncomfortable about sharing our faith. I think the first one is, how will the person react? 
what are they going to do if I start talking to them about Jesus? I'm sure you have people, I've got a lot of people in my life like this, who've told me I'm not interested in all that religious stuff. And I often say to them, well, I'm not terribly interested in religious stuff either. But but I am interested in talking about Jesus. Because Jesus I love. Jesus my Lord. But religion is something else. It's a it's a kind of weird extension on, on faith to me sometimes. They're challenges that make us feel uncomfortable. And so we wonder how they will react. And another one that I think that Satan whispers in each of our ears and says, it's not the best time to do this. Just, just leave it. Leave it to a better time. And we walk away and we go, oh, oh yeah, there'll be a better time to tell them. I mean, they're, not, they're just not... They're just not ready for it. And, of course, the opportunity is lost. And the third biggest challenge that I have and you may have as well is what should I say? What am I actually going to say? How am I going to tell a person about Jesus? You know, I've been going to church for a long time. I know a lot of stuff. I've read a lot of stuff. I've heard even more stuff. But what will I tell him? Tell this person about Jesus, he or she. It's hard. I don't know whether you've ever found yourself in a conversation where, where you're thinking after, you, after you've finished the conversation, I should have said this. Do you ever find yourself in that situation? I also sometimes, being the kind of person I am, I also find myself saying, I shouldn't have said this. <laughs> That's what comes with a person who... Probably can talk the leg off the table sometimes, you know. It's a, it's a gift and it's a, a hindrance as well. It's both of those things I have to say here. And, and then sometimes, just not so often, someone asks you to share about faith and you're not expecting it. Had that situation where someone actually asks you to tell you about Jesus? I wanted to share, you a, share a story where this happened in my life uh, a long time ago. I was the general manager for two upmarket retail garden and nursery businesses. So we had a shop in Bondi Junction, another one in Double Bay. And and, um, please don't ask me any questions about horticulture because I can plant a perfectly good plant and kill it at least within a few days or a week maximum. So don't ask me any questions. If you've got questions about that, I'm not your person to talk to. But my role was to run the staff to manage everything to do with staff, the rostering, the hiring, the firing, the training, helping the people learn to be able to sell better. That was my role. And and I had three managers because we were open in both stores seven days a week. Two of the men were gay. Two of my gay managers were gay. One was straight. And one of the guys was a man called John. And John was about late 30s, probably in age. And John lived with his ex-partner and his ex-partner had a new partner. And I remember in our conversations as we talked about that because we'd have lots of conversations about Christians and their attitudes toward gay people and, you know, John would say to me typically, you, you Christians are really negative about gay people. You, you never have anything nice to say about it. And I had to say, yes, you're right, John. And I'd say, but you... Gay people never have anything nice to say about Christians. That's, that's the comeback to it, isn't it? And he would say, yes, you're right. And I asked John one day, why, why do you live with your ex who now has another ex? 
And I actually asked him twice. On the second time, John said to me, because I'm still in love with him. I can't think of anything more painful to live with someone who loves somebody else that you're still in love with. But anyway, John would have these snippets of conversations, usually very brief, about faith and about what I believed and what he believed. And one day John came up into my office upstairs, in the, which was above the nursery in Bondi Junction, and he stood at the doorway and just stood there. And I waited and I waited. Eventually I said, John, can I help you? And then there was this long pause, long pause. And eventually John said to me, how does your God see me? How does your God see me? And I wished at that point that the earth would open up and swallow me up somewhere and I would disappear out of there because it's the kind of question that I'd like to prepare a really brilliant answer to come back to John, but there's no time for that. And in my head, I prayed to God. And I said, God, I'm going to open my mouth and I want you to put the words in my mouth to say to John. And God gave me four words, only four. Do you want to know what they were? He said, my God loves you. And I watched John visibly rock forward and backwards in ways that I don't think you're allowed to. I thought he would fall flat on his face or on his butt, (laughs) one of the two. You see, what happened then is that John heard for the first time the truth that God loves him. Forget about the lifestyle. That's different issues. They're different issues to deal with with God. It's about faith in God. It's about sharing the good news. See, a seed was planted in John's heart, soul and mind that day and will change his life at some point, I believe. I'd love to say that, later, that John kneeled down on the floor and I led him to Christ, but that wasn't the case. And there's been many times that I've prayed for John, even though it's a long time ago, asking that someone will go to John and water that seed and it will grow in his life. I could never have worked out such a brilliant answer. It would have been several paragraphs. But the four words from God telling me that he loved him is so important. Why do I want to share with people and why should you want to share with people? It's because God loves them. But we tend to concentrate on all the things they need to clean up all the things we think are wrong in their life. That's for God to deal with. That's for God to convict them of the truth. We're called to give them the good news that God loves them and provide an opportunity for them to find faith in Jesus. It's so important. So when I talk with people, and I often feel called to talk to people, I always want them to know that God loves them. You know, and I can say to them, you know, God, I know that God loves me, but he doesn't love everything about me. There are things in me that he doesn't, doesn't like about me. There's things that are wrong in me. There's, there's things, there's sins in my life that need to be changed and clean, washed clean by the blood of Jesus. But his love for me continues. I said also in this second verse, there's a reason You know, the first one, go into all the world, preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptised will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. 
I don't know about you, but I have a lot of people in my life. Some family members, some friends, some neighbours, some colleagues, lots of students that I teach. And they don't know Jesus personally. And I want to share with them my faith because I want to see them inherit eternal life, the gift from God through God's grace. So why do we share in all those different ways? It's because we love and care for people, love that can only come from Jesus, and we don't want to see them perish and be condemned. Can we have the next slide, please? Thank you. And these verses are very convicting to me. How? Then, can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they're sent? And as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. I was looking at my feet this morning in the shower. They're not beautiful, I have to tell you that. <laughs> they're, not, they're far from beautiful. But I still, want to I still want my feet to take me to people to share the good news, if that's what it means. You know, I want to see all the people that I love find faith in Jesus and spend eternity with him. I wonder who are the people in your life that are unsaved. I, I know you might have tried sharing the faith with them and they've told you they're not interested and maybe you gave up. You need to keep going to them and sharing what God's doing in your life. Most people won't condemn what you tell them about what God's doing in your own life. You know, if you want to start telling them what God should be doing in their life, well, they're, going to, they're not going to be interested. They're going to brush you off. But share what God is doing in your life. It's so important. You know, there's always things happening in all our lives and our extended families and friends. You know, during the week, my, um, my boss texted me at TAFE. She texted me to tell me that her father had died. We've probably had four or five conversations in the last six weeks about her father. And I'm praying and asking God, what is it you want me to share with her next that will help her at this time of great grief? We all have these situations. You know, for a long time, I wanted to share with everybody that I ran across, you know, particularly in my early years as a Christian. And then you, for some reason, it dulls down, doesn't it? You know, so I was always looking for an avenue from, from day one, an avenue to share the faith. So I have to, I'm not proud of what I used. The, the purpose was good, but the methodology was terrible. So I would use the weather. <laughs> so I, I'd say, what are you, how are you going today? Oh, it's very rainy. And I would immediately launch into, and do you know that God created the heavens and the earth and therefore he's in control of the weather? And away I'd go. <laughs> Well, it wasn't a great method. It was very flexible because whatever the weather was, I could adapt the message. So it kind of worked in that way. But it wasn't great, was it? It definitely wasn't great. And then I had to think about, is this the way I'm meant to share the word? Using the weather as a prop, as a segue? Maybe not. And then a lovely Christian friend of mine sat with me and he said to me, this is what he uses. He said, each time, he said, not every day, no one's going to say every day, 
I sit down in prayer and I tell God I'm available. I'm available to share the good news. So if you want me to share the good news, it's over to you, God. I'm going to do that. He said what it enabled me to do was to relax and not be looking for some person to pounce on like I was with the weather. (laughs) I could relax and allow the Holy Spirit to show me who it is I'm meant to share with. So he told me about this and I was with him one time when he demonstrated this. We're standing in Martin Place with with a lady and he'd prayed this prayer and he told me he'd prayed this prayer and this strange lady that we'd never met before, he started sharing his faith with in a powerful way. So I've adopted it as well and you could do the same. I could, you pray and make yourself available and then you allow God to be in control of creating the opportunity. Not looking to pounce on someone but enabling God to create the opportunity. Does it happen every time I pray? No, it doesn't. I've prayed numerous times before many of the the lessons I teach at TAFE. And the most surprising people come out of the woodwork and ask me questions about Jesus. I don't understand how except that God's in control and all the power is his. It's powerful. Can I encourage you to build up a desire to share God's word with people. I think probably the worship team want to come up as I come to this last point. If you want to come up, Thomas and the crowd, thank you. You know, we, we had in the video Mark's, Mark's version of this great commi- commission, which is so powerful. If we could have the next slide, please. Thank you. I love this. All authority, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to, to me Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. That's the encouragement that as we go out to share, Jesus goes with us. He's with us. But our calling is very similar to what Simon Peter experienced. You know, what Jesus is asking asking us to share in our own way, which is quite unique, is also common. We must first answer the question that Jesus asked us. Do you love me? And if if our answer is yes, Lord, and that's that's powerful in a sense, it's easy to say yes to lots of things. Not so easy always to say no, but we can say yes and then ignore it. But saying yes, Lord, is acknowledging who Jesus is to us. He's the Lord of our life. And if we say yes, Lord, Jesus says, follow me. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.